John 13. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given everything into his hands, that he had come from God and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I'm doing you don't realize now, but afterward you will understand. You will never wash my feet, Peter said. Jesus replied, If I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who is bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I'm not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen. But the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread has raised his heel against me. I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. Truly I tell you, whoever receives anyone I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. When Jesus had said this, he was troubled in his spirit and testified. Truly, I tell you, one of you will betray me. The disciples started looking at one another, uncertain which one he was speaking about. One of his disciples, the one Jesus loved, was reclining close beside Jesus. Simon Peter motioned to him to find out who it was he was talking about. So he leaned back against Jesus and asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, He's the one I give the piece of bread to after I have dipped it. When he had dipped the bread... He gave it to Judas, Simon Iscariot's son. After Judas ate the piece of bread, Satan entered him. So Jesus told him, What you're doing, do quickly. None of those reclining at the table knew why he said this to him. Since Judas kept the money bag, some thought that Jesus was telling him, Buy what we need for the festival, or that he should give something to the poor. After receiving the piece of bread, he immediately left, and it was night. When he had left, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so now I tell you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new command. Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Lord, Simon Peter said to him, Where are you going? Jesus answered, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me later. Lord, Peter asked, Why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. 
Jesus replied, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly I tell you, a rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. John's account of the Last Supper includes a detail no other Gospels talk about, Jesus washing the disciples' feet. This was the job of a servant or slave to wash the filthy, first-century sandal-wearing feet. Peter knew how humbling this act was, so he tried to refuse it. But it was an object lesson, and humility was one of the primary points. So Jesus did it anyway. I find it kind of ironic that he did it even for Judas. But Jesus clarified later in verse 10 by saying Judas is not clean. That's because the physical act of washing does nothing in and of itself. It must be tied to a deeper truth at a heart level. John said that Satan had already put it into Judas' heart to betray Jesus. I once heard a pastor compare this to the strings of a grand piano. If you open the back and sing a note, the string of that note will vibrate. You can play the piano without even touching it, simply by communicating with it in a way that resonates. The pastor said that's what Satan does to our flesh. He sings to our strings in a way that engages our sin nature. If we know our weak spots, we can be on guard against this. But Judas wasn't. He resonated with Satan's plan. Still, Jesus trusted the Father's plan. He didn't take matters into his own hands. He didn't put Judas in a chokehold when he had the chance. He knew that evil must play out its role. But that what the enemy means for evil, God uses for the good of his people. Trusting God frees us up to love our enemies. So Jesus served even the one he knew would betray him mere hours later. Then he gave them a new command, to love each other like he loved them. This doesn't feel new, though. God has always been telling his people to love him and love others. How is this new? Jesus raised the stakes by making it a willingness to lay down your life for your brothers and sisters in the faith. And given what he said next, the timing couldn't have been more ironic. It turns out that Judas wasn't the only tough relationship at the table. In Matthew's account, Jesus said they would all turn their backs on him that night. Specifically, Jesus pointed out how Peter would fulfill this prophecy. Peter wouldn't just turn away from Jesus, he would outright deny him three times. In Luke's account, Jesus said Satan begged to test Peter, to put him through the ringer. Jesus knew that the testing would ultimately be good for Peter and would help equip him for all God had planned for him. So Jesus comforted Peter by saying, Satan is after you, but I prayed for your faith to not fail. Jesus knew that trials can produce things in us that we wouldn't be able to access otherwise. Things like character and hope and faith. Things that reveal more of who God is to us when we need to trust Him most. Trials can serve to remind us that He's where the joy is. I'm Tara Lee Cobble, and you're listening to the He's Where the Joy Is podcast presented by LifeWay. LifeWay.